This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're back talking about Miss Marvel, Episode 2, Crushed. There's a story about Muniba's family from during the partition. You know, they had to get onto the last train that was getting out of the city. Yeah? Now, her mother, Muniba's mother, Sana, who was just a toddler then, she got separated from her parents on the train station. Her father tried to find her, but, you know, he was injured and needed a walking stick to get around, so he couldn't really keep up with her. But here's the thing. Nobody knows how that little toddler, Sana, managed to get back on the train just, just before, before the train pulled out of the station. <laughs> well, what did Sana say happen? How did she find her father? Well, Sana always said that she, she followed, followed a trail of stars. stars. Right back to her father. Welcome back, fellow Defenders, to TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about Miss Marvel Episode 2, Crushed. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow Defenders. I am one of your other hosts, John. Yes, I return. Yes, welcome back, baby. Thank you. Good to have you back on the podcast. Yes. Yeah, we've been uh, we've missing you the last couple of weeks. We've uh, we've had Chris doing uh, The Boys um, alternately uh, from the from America. He was over in New York. Yes. Uh, we had Irene return. Uh, yeah, great stuff. Yeah, uh, to do uh, to do the first episode of Miss Marvel. And you've now watched both episodes of Miss Marvel, all the episodes of The Boys. You've caught up on Stranger Things, about 600 shows that you've missed over two weeks. I know. Um, probably more fun to be on holidays than having to watch all those shows. But you've enjoyed the shows, haven't you? Yeah, the shows have been phenomenally good. Yeah, Miss Marvel... Really, really uh, enjoyed it. Um, mm. These these first two episodes, just r- great feel good. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, what I wanted after seeing the trailer. I was just the trailer seemed to be really give me hope, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, loved it, loved it. Yeah. So really excited to talk about it. Absolutely. And I'm in Villani, who's play, who plays the character of uh, of Kamala Khan. She's such a great central character yeah, in the show. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, so bubbly. Yeah. Full of fun, youth, and um, you know, just really, really good. Yeah, I have to say, one of the descriptions that's out there is basically saying that all the other shows have been following on from Endgame, that kind of you know, dour ending because we lost two big characters in oh, Endgame, yeah. and uh, all of the other adult heroes in this world are kind of dealing with the fallout of that. Whereas Kamala Khan, we haven't even got a reference to whether someone disappeared in the blip or anything like that it is really just the positivity of a kid who loves superheroes getting superpowers which is completely different to the stuff we've seen uh, over the last couple of years yeah i mean it does feel very almost like spider-man mm-hmm. you know it's peter parker yeah. but in in kamala khan and you know just that youthful expression and then being given these powers but she's absolutely excited by them yeah um like thinks this is the most awesomest thing ever. Exactly, uh, it's just really, really great. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's great. Excellent. Uh, and welcome back to our fellow defenders uh, for this discussion about Miss Marvel. Hope you've been enjoying the show so far. We are going to go into our spoiler-filled discussion about uh, this episode of Miss Marvel in a second. Uh, if you're not subscribed to the podcast yet, please pop on over to tvpodcastindustries.com. Uh, you can find all of our links to subscribe over there. You can also leave us some feedback. Um, there's a voicemail button on there that you can leave up to 90 seconds of your thoughts about any of the episodes that we're covering. If you also want to email us, or if you want to email us instead, uh, you can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or join us on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries, uh, where we have a spoiler post up for every show that we're covering, which is a lot. Yes, a lot mm -hmm. of different shows that we're covering. Yeah. yeah, coming thick and fast soon. Yeah. Umbrella Academy will be with us as well. That's right. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah. Well, let's get on to our spoiler-filled review of episode two of Miss Marvel, mm -hmm. Crushed. Derek, what are some of the episode details? Well, the executive producers of the show are Kevin Feige, Louis Desposito, Victoria Alonso, Bisha K. Ali, uh, Adil Alarba, and Bilal Falah. Uh, the head writer for the show is Bisha K. Ali, as I mentioned last week, um, a comedian from uh, from the UK. Um the episode here was directed by Mira Manon. Uh, she directed an episode of The Punisher, so we have spoken about her before uh, on the show. And she also directed episode nine of the first season of Snowfall, one of your favourite shows, yes. John. Yes, yeah. Love that show. Got, mm -hmm. Still got two seasons to go. It's on season five, and uh, I only got to season three, the end of season three that was on Disney+. Plus. That's right. Um, but the other two aren't there. So I think I season to... four came out while you were away, I think. Um, oh, well, so, I hadn't yeah. spotted that, so yeah. yes. So there you go, something to watch. Uh, the reason I mention it as well is because uh, Adil Alarba and Bilal Falah, who directed the first episode uh, of Miss Marvel, directed the first episode of Snowfall as well. So uh, so they, that's where the connection comes from for a lot of these, uh, a lot of the directors. Well, that is uh, top quality stuff there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Absolutely. And the episode was written by Kate Gritman. Uh, she worked as an assistant on Game of Thrones, but this is her first episode of Marvel TV. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's so great to have her on board for this episode. Marvel newbie, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for Miss Marvel Episode 2, Crushed? Sure. Excited by her new powers, Kamala Khan begins putting them to the test. With Bruno's help, she discovers that she can create hard light shapes, which allow her to reach places she never could otherwise. Bruno works out that the bangle activated Kamala's powers, but the real power is within her. At their mosque, Kamala's friend, Nakia Badir, decides to stand for elections to become the first female member of the mosque leadership. After meeting Cameron, a new British-Pakistani senior at school, Kamala, Nakia and Bruno attend a party organised by Zoe so that Kamala can get to know him. When the party is cut short by the police, Cameron gives them all a lift home and makes friends with Kamala to the annoyance of Bruno. Meanwhile, Agent Diva of the Department of Damage Control interrogates Zoe about the superhero who saved her at AvengerCon. At a family dinner, Kamala's father shares a familiar story about how her grandmother got out of India during the partition. But Kamala blacks out and has a vision of a mysterious woman calling to her. Kamala investigates her family history, and after talking to her grandmother Nani and the Illuminantes at the Id celebrations, she learns a bit more about the owner of her new bangle, her great-grandmother Aisha. But the party is interrupted when a young boy falls from the tower, and Kamala has to use her new powers to save him. Before he's safe, Kamala has another vision of the woman, and almost lets him fall, the commotion attracts the attention of Agent Diva as she uses her powers to evade them, 
Cameron arrives just in time in his car to help her escape. In the back seat, his mother, Najma, has been waiting to meet Kamala, and she's the same woman from her vision. So yeah, a nice big cliffhanger here with uh, with uh, Najma arriving, the mother of Cameron. Yeah, yeah. Not just a mysterious, really hot-looking new boy in school, obviously a big connection to Kamala, and I wonder if he's just here. Well, that's it. Her, it's yeah. like, is, is it um, something to do with Aisha? Is, you know, a, a, is it a sister or a cousin? Mm. How's, how's this related to the Khan family? Because... Okay. You know, we see Kamala Khan's mom, uh, Maniba, really kind of knowing that all that stuff from their their grandmother needs to be kind of kept away. Mm. You know, we hear her here saying, yes, you should know about your past. You should tell your story, but just yeah. not this one not about this, one. Okay. Um, this event were during the partition of India. Mm. Yeah. Yes, and possibly before then as well. Yeah. Exactly. We are going to talk about this show as we have uh, the last episode. We're going to talk about our three marvellous moments. Excellent stuff. Do you like that better than Aaron and Lucas uh, liked it, John? Marvellous moments? Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. Good stuff. Excellent. <laughs> okay, we'll keep it again How for another episode. How not like this, <laughs> Irene? I need answers. <laughs> well, let's go into our marvellous moment number one. I want to talk about the training montage yes. in this episode because, as you kind of mentioned up front, Kamala's enjoyment of having superpowers is really on display here. I love even when she's talking to Bruno to begin with, she says she was filming it on her phone and she was trying to see if she had the powers of Ant-Man. <laughs> so she was trying to see if she could control ants with her mind. Could she get big? Could yeah. she get small? Uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, what, what's the reasoning she gives that she wants to try like I, I, like Ant-Man? Because just like him, um, she looks young for her age, just like Paul, yes, Paul, Paul exactly, Rudd does. So, exactly. uh, I thought that was lots of fun. Well, that's it. And I love like the the cool entrance to school where oh, it's, yes. you know, the repeat from episode one, but it's just, she's filled with confidence and, and happiness ultimately yeah. that she has these powers. It is, you know, she's absolutely embraced what she's been given. There's mm -hmm. no kind of second thoughts. There's no doubting that there's no worry. Yeah. It's, this is awesome. I, uh, you know, she, I am what I want to be, which is almost a superhero. You know, she yeah. reveres Captain Marvel, mm -hmm. you know, loves her. Um, and here, uh, I just think it, it's so kind of positive. And, Isn't it? And uh, it's, it's it so different. It exudes that yeah. confidence of her exactly. as she walks through and the the school hall to her locker and such a different entrance as well not just the not just the confidence because she has the confidence the interactions with everybody else yeah. around her feel so much more natural she feels yes. like she's last time it felt like she was on the lower rung of school whereas this time everybody's smiling at her she's giving them all a wink and a nod she's yeah. saying hello to the lesbian couple and wishing them the best for their relationship you know uh really enjoying her time being exactly. around all the brilliant school exactly. just because she's got that confidence coming out of her really enjoy that but it leads into her bringing bruno um into the the stage area i guess the auditorium i guess in the school backstage and showing him her new powers uh Again, another fun moment where she uh, where she uses the hard light on her hand and it, it gets too heavy for her and drops to the ground and then she yeah. almost kills Bruno but saves him and goes, "Well, I saved you," you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I love you know I love how she is kind of showing her powers to Bruno. I love that Bruno's so kind of in awe of it as mm -hmm. well. And you know she she has a great 
turn of phrases, it's like an idea come coming to life. Exactly. Um, and Bruno is very quick to see. I love that whole joke where she creates the huge fist, but she can't hold it up. And so it just drops. And it's like super strength is obviously not part of this yeah. equation. <laughs> um, and then to the training montage yes. up on the top of the roof where she's doing press-ups, it's like build your strength and all that. And yeah. gradually she's able to focus her thoughts on this hard light so that she can step on them. I love the gag that it's like, you've got to let me go. You know, you feel uh-huh. that they're going to fall off the building. Um, and it's just a smaller building on, on the it's top. Like maybe a yeah. six inch drop. Yeah, to the ground. Really, yeah. <laughs> really good fun. Really good fun. Um, so the powers that we're seeing her use here now, she's creating platforms to kind of run through the sky effectively. Um, felt a little bit like Iceman um, to me. Yeah, Remember that yeah. kind of style that he had Absolutely. where he was doing the kind of slopes of, of yeah, ice. certainly when she skids down mm. sort of a long run of the hard light. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Quite, I thought that was quite cool seeing that in, in this universe as well. But still nods back to the comics. Again, we see her later on in the episode using her, her massive fist, her, her expanding out her hand to try and catch the boy that's falling. Yeah. Um, so again, nods to the way her powers are in the comic books but using hard light to create whatever she wants to, as opposed to her just being stretchy. Yes, exactly. But, But, I mean, maybe this power will develop further. I mean, ultimately, with this whole montage on the roof, it's about her understanding, getting to control her powers. Mm -hmm. So, over time, it might evolve um, as she learns more about the the bangle and, mm. and what this power means ultimately and an even bigger reveal in the episode from uh from the monitoring that bruno's doing that the power is actually inside her and the yes. bangle has either activated it or is channeling it so even if she loses the bangle it seems like she could have power inside her now we mentioned before that in the comic books she's an inhuman so a person who has power inside them that's activated by uh, terrigen crystals i didn't want to go too deep into the mythology of it because it's obviously different in the show here but that still kind of stacks up against that a little bit maybe the bangle is some form of terrigen crystal activation of the Inhuman Insider. Maybe they will bring back in Inhumans in the, exactly. in the TV show. E- even the look of the power is crystalline. So mm-hmm. it, it, it kind of nods to that for sure. And go. maybe this is the, um, sort of the reintroduction or, or the reimagining of Inhumans. Yeah. yeah. Um, for sure. Absolutely. We did get Ensign Mount back as, uh, yeah, as exactly. Black Bolt earlier on this year. Maybe we'll see him back again in a different form <laughs> in the future. Yeah. Uh, and, and then everybody will have to go out and watch all of the Inhumans a show. I Even I only got to about six episodes of the eight. Well, I, I don't the... think you do. I mean, I think, <laughs> uh, I mean, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has a lot of Inhuman stuff in Certainly there. Does. And that's really good. Yeah. I think, you know, it's a shame about Inhumans. But, I mean, it would be odd that, you you know, you cut that out. Certainly mm-hmm. as Marvel holds the rights. It's just, you know, can't be... Not everything is a success ultimately, exactly. but it's how you sort of bring it back and and, and get the control on it. Like I guess Kevin Feige and Luis Esposito are kind of doing. And yeah. I mean, if if Kamala Khan isn't inhuman, has that Terrigen power, um, then thumbs up from me yeah. in how they're bringing back Inhumans, and even with the nod uh, with Black Bolt in Multiverse of Madness. Exactly. I mean. I was really happy for that that happened because he's such a, you know, he has, I, I mean, I've never followed Inhumans really that much, but mm. I mean, 
Black Bolt is, you know, a big character in Marvel. He certainly is. He certainly is, yeah. And if they don't want to bring back the rest of the Inhumans, it does give them the opportunity to bring back Quake from uh, from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. who was an Inhuman. So they have yeah. a possibility of bringing back Quake, which would be awesome. Uh, but overall, really like this. Really like the idea that she's getting more uh, used to her powers. We don't see training montages that often, because, especially because we've had... Um, so many established characters with these Marvel TV shows, even with Moon Knight, the idea of it is that the characters have been around. They've been using the powers. It was only Steven in Moon Knight that didn't know the powers and eventually built up to being able to tap into them. Whereas here we have a person who's learning from scratch and seeing what their abilities can do, which I I really I I don't want to make the comparison to Spider-Man all the time because Mm -hmm. Kamala Khan and, and Miss Marvel, you know, it, it it's her own thing. It, yeah. It's a different thing. It certainly is from that tradition of Peter Parker yeah. from back in the sixties. And mm-hmm. um, most of the Spider-Man movies, you've seen Peter, you know, bitten by the spider, then has the having to learn and understand what he can do now with his body, and certainly in terms of the web slinging yeah. and, and the swinging around. Um, through the the skyscrapers of New York, yeah. and so here it, it is the same thing, and I I think that's that's a cool idea, yeah. and I really like her doing it with Bruno uh, and with Bruno's um, help because yeah. like these two are really good friends, and I think you know just coming back to her cool entrance into school, you know it gets disrupted when she bumps into Cameron, mm-hmm. um, and then she's all of a fluster. Yeah. So hopefully Cameron doesn't form a wedge too deep mm. um, here with uh, between Kamala and Bruno because we do have that moment where Bruno is brought into the the office of the therapist and um, you know the school counselor yes and uh, um, G Wilson yes yeah and where he's offered a place on Caltech it's all paid for mm-hmm. you know it is the Prada moment um <laughs> devil wears you, prada, you know, yes. it is the prada moment <laughs> yeah. um from the devil wears prada yes it is you know yeah. Yeah. and it's it's all paid for he mm-hmm. spends the semester there it's dormitories laboratories caltech but it's in california yeah. not in new jersey yeah and i think this actually answers a point that lucas had made on last week's episode you know about the fact that bruno's this kind of level of genius and there wasn't much explanation behind it but this is how much of a genius he is he's able to get himself into a fully paid um scholarship for a semester at caltech for people who are are of advanced intelligence who have uh, more knowledge than their other uh, their other schoolmates, effectively. So um, it's a big moment for him, and he's willing to give it up because he wants to stay by Kam- Kamala. And then this wedge is coming in from from Cameron. Exactly. So it, I love this story between them all. It, it it makes a lot of sense. It does feel like Bruno is that level of intelligence of Tony Stark. Basically, well, and this is his opportunity exactly. to get to to do something with it. And he may may give it up for Kamala. Well, and you see with the end credits, he's got the atom rings around him. Mm. So, you know. Ooh, very good. Nice catch, Jack. Yeah. Nice catch. Uh, that it for the training montage, our first marvellous moment? Absolutely. I think we should go on to our marvellous moment number two. Yeah, got to talk about Cameron. Uh, the big new introduction of Cameron uh, in this episode. Let's talk about uh, about this new character. Um Pakistani British uh, yes. character, dreamy, uh, very dreamy, handsome, yes, piercings, and Kamala 
sort of all agog over him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he knows it too, doesn't he? I guess so, the way he walked out of the pool after effectively. I did kind of like that, though. He jumps off the top of the, the, the roof into the pool. Mm-hmm. It's like, ooh, belly flop. Yeah. But he walks out confidently. He's like, nah, that didn't nah, hurt. Nah, and you're like, it must have killed. <laughs> I love it, though. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's really interesting. A really, a really nice introduction to this character. Um, and instantly, as you mentioned, Bruno, really jealous of this guy. She's not seen... Uh, Kamala act like this around anybody before it seems. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, li- I really like this, and he's he's a really confident guy. A great moment when Kamala's brother sees the two of them having having a lunch date together, effectively, and uh, he pretends that the reason why he has a British accent is because he's obsessed with Great British Bake Off and yeah. puts on a Pakistani accent, convincing her brother that it's actually a, a long lost cousin that he hasn't seen in years. <laughs> like literally yeah. convincing him, him going. Um, oh, oh, I do remember you, actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, but his fiance knows otherwise. Definitely. She's definitely uh, onto the tricks. She sees the moves without a doubt. You know, I, I love the fact as well, they're, you know, they're, they're kind of bonding or getting to know one another through the Bollywood movies mm-hmm. like Bazagir. Um, and you have Bruno coming in going, well, I watched that as well. I, you know, I, I thought it was really pleasant kind yes. of thing, you know, and they're, they're listening like Bruno, to you the, didn't get it. <laughs> and, and they're listening. I love this. They're listening to the sweat shop boys. Um, I just thought of pet shop boys, <laughs> of course. Was, you know, riff, riff on the pet shop boys okay. and, um, you know, just this huge crush forming from Kamala to, to Cameron. And um, don't forget our Easter egg right here. I know everybody probably noticed it, but uh, but the reference to uh, Kingo and Kingo Sr., uh, yes. the character from uh, The Eternals, who's been a Bollywood actor for over 100 years, yeah. isn't it? And, it's, and every time he gets uh, too old, he creates a, a, a Kingo Jr. to come in and take over from his father. But it's all been uh, Kamil Nanjani, uh, who is in the role in, uh, in Eternals. So I love that they've referenced this because it would make no sense at all, given that they're Bollywood fans, that they didn't know about Kingo. So, of course, you mentioned him here. Yeah, exactly. I love the tension that Bruno is bringing to all of this where with the, you know, as they're escaping the party because the police arrive, mm-hmm. they're all in the, the car. Kamala's kind of like going, oh, I love the colour of this. And, and Bruno's just like, it's black, um, you know. Uh, he, he, he says, "Well, I, I like Bollywood movies as well." And then at the end, where Cameron is like, "Yeah, really good to 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 meet you, uh, Nakia, Miguel, um, Brian," instead yes. of Bruno, and he's like. He knows it's Bruno. He's just yeah. calling me Brian. Very bold. Yeah, very yeah. bold. <laughs> but it does play into the central story of what's going on here. Kamala has been trying to uncover more and more detail about the bangle uh, throughout the episode, trying to ask her mom and trying to ask her dad about uh, the history of her family, yeah. about her great-grandmother, Aisha, who was the original owner of this bangle, or at least that's where it came from, through her grandmother to her. Yeah. Um. But we, we see early on that she has a, her first vision of this woman calling to her. Um, if you notice, they were having that, they were talking about the story of the train, uh, during partition that her grandmother had been led back to the train by these stars, um, possibly connected to the powers of, of Miss Marvel that we're seeing here. And when yeah. this woman appears in the vision to her, when she blacks out and this woman appears, you see the, you hear the noises of the train. Yeah. You see the lights of a train coming towards her. And then you see her again later on in the episode. And then at the end, we find out it's actually Cameron's mother. So has she been reaching out to 
Kamala. Well, exactly. I mean, I guess it was signposted mm. uh, through all of this in the sense of anyone with a British accent is always going to play the bad guy. Oh, it's oh, kind yes. of Star Wars 101 <laughs> that the, the, you know, the Imperial officers are going to be British actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we have Cameron who is, has the British accent. Yes. And so he, he must be the evil one. We have even just, even with the partition story, mm-hmm. it is about the British leaving a huge mess where Absolutely. families were split and um, because India partitioned to Pakistan and Bangladesh, mm-hmm. um, and these these families on different sides of of a new border, effectively. Yeah. And uh, like they say, everyone has a partition story. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's kind of I I kind of I don't know whether it was intentional, but it was like yes, the British are are bad guys here, <laughs> and yeah. so unsurprisingly. Even in that hero moment where Cameron rescues Kamala from the Department of Damage Control, mm-hmm. in the end, who's on the back seat? But his mom, who is the person from the the two visions. Exactly. I'm only, I'm only going to go halfway there with you though, John, because I'm not sh- I'm not sure yet. I don't think Cameron's evil. I think I think there's just a duplicitousness. He might be seen as evil from maybe the Illuminantes, um, but I feel like they know something about Aisha. They know something about. Uh, Kamala's family that nobody else would tell them or would tell her because they're trying to keep this actual history of her family uh, back from her. I think they're going to be the ones that reveal the history of the Bangle or the history of who Aisha is. Potentially it's another uh, branch of that family who know what happened to Aisha truly. Exactly. Um, I, so, I get yeah. the impression Maniba, uh, Kamala's mom, know, yeah. is the one that knows the reality yeah. of, of this, you know, mm. and there's some kind of shaming element, but yeah. Which I think to the rest of the community mm-hmm. in terms of the Illuminantes that, um, love that by the way. The, well, absolutely. <laughs> Just so the all so seeing, yep. yeah, exactly. The all seeing community loved moms, yeah, exactly. Loved it. Um, but it, you know, they, they talk about, oh, she killed someone, brought shame, mm. you know, wh- whatever it may oh, be. I, I heard she had another man on the side. Oh, I yeah. heard she had many men on exactly. the side and loads so of other families. It, it, it's yeah. just kind of like, it's it's the gossip. It, mm-hmm. It's kind of the legend that's been built up through um, gossip. But it, it does feel like that distraction from the reality of what's going on with her. So, yeah, it's yeah. not that they're necessarily the baddies, yeah. but certainly... You know, it's a surprise for Kamala yes. as she gets in and sees the woman that's been in these visions. Exactly, exactly. And it, it makes it, it adds an extra question, I suppose, to what happened in that first episode when she first got the power from the Bangles and went into this otherworldly vision moment. Yeah, there were loads of. Uh, creatures inside that we were thinking maybe they were Kree maybe there was a connection there with uh, Captain Marvel uh, maybe it was a dead world that she went into and those are the those are the uh, the people from the past um, all their eyes were open watching her as she flipped through their world and I wonder if that's what awakened this connection with um, Cameron and his mom if they kind of sent out a wave across yeah. the world to tell them someone has awaken the power again kind of thing you know well and um, also from agents of shield that sort of idea of the wave of the terrigen mist mm-hmm. awakening the inhumans yeah. very much um was a part of agents of shield sure, so was. um it could be in that similar vein yeah yeah, yeah. 
Um, so, yes, more to find out, of course, uh, about these characters in the future. And I hope we get a big uh, data dump next episode about, uh, about <laughs> what's happening in the family. and we what need the, answers, What Marvel. this legacy is. Answers. Uh, exactly, exactly. Uh, anything else about Cameron and his mom that you want to talk about here? I'm surprised she wasn't in the passenger's seat. Oh, no, no, no. No, you have to have the big reveal. Turn <laughs> exactly. around. She's in the back seat of the car. Love us. Love us. Uh, let's go. That's a marvelous moment number three then. I want to talk about the mosque board. Um, really, I want to talk about Nakia in this episode. We saw her introduced last episode, just a couple of moments uh, with her, but I really like this really central relationship between herself and Kamala uh, in this episode. I love that we got to experience them in the mosque, and I loved their just the kind of underlining of some of the elements that they have to deal with as young girls having to go to the mosque every week, uh, being separated from the men, not being able to hear the actual lecture that's being told in the mosque because they're yeah. being stuck in the side room and it's full of damp and the, the walls got cracks in it, all that kind of stuff. And Nakia kind of going, well, you know, we're in a new world here. We're in America. I, you know, we're, we're learning about democracy. So I should have the opportunity to be on the mosque board. So, um, I really like that conversation they also have about the hajib that, uh, that yeah, Nakia chooses to wear. And part of it is because when Muslims see her, they see her as being too white for them. And when white people see her, that she's too Muslim for them. Yeah, and she and, just made a choice. And too. she made the choice, put on the hijab, and now she feels like herself. She's doing this all yeah, for herself. Exactly. She's not trying to impress anybody anymore. But I love that we have a little discussion about that here well, and, and why I, she's the person she exactly. is. Exactly. And I, I loved how that tied into Kamala as well, because we have that moment where Kamala's nose flares up with the, the, <laughs> the, the, the light. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, why is that happening yeah and um, and then she she runs off and nakia comes in uh thinking it's because she's starting to go through um with with puberty and the menstruation mm-hmm. uh, and so has gotten the thing that's fallen on the floor is, is a tampon mm-hmm. and a sanitary towel and um just that conversation um between kamala and nakia about Things are changing, you know, Mm -hmm. for Kamala biologically, you know, in reality, but also because she's now got this superpower that she can throw hard light out. But and then with Nakia about how she is just fitting in and recognizing who she is and not that she has to behave what, you know, one way in front of some people, another way in front of another yeah. group of people. So I, I really like that. And I, I mean, even just at the id festival, mm-hmm. um, I love that Bruno is invited along to that. And he's, <laughs> oh, yes. and I thought where he says, it's not too colorful, is it? And, yeah. uh, Kamala's mom was like, I don't know what you mean. I don't even understand that question. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like color is all is just inherent here, you know, yeah. Um, it's just I love that. But I mean, you can see it again. It's because he's not a member of the community, but he's a member of their family and they're inviting him along to celebrate exactly. with them. And he's kind of going, should I be even wearing these clothes? These are not the kind of yeah. clothes I'd be wearing. I'm a jeans and t-shirt kind of guy. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, even earlier with Maniba, where Kamala has blacked out and she's waking up and she says, have you eaten too little or, or too much? You know, it's just, uh, I love the dynamic yeah. of, of the mother and father in, in this show. Um, it's just really, really good. But- Absolutely. And speaking of which, the, the, the way Nakia 
approaches her father for his vote is yeah. absolutely hilarious. The idea that he's it's going... white whale. Yeah, absolutely. White whale. <laughs> he's kind of going, well, of course, my vote's going to go to my best friend who's also running for the council. And she is explaining to him that, you know, well, but she's come to this country and their whole family are over here and they have learnt about democracy. And, the, and would she disappoint Kamala and her by taking away their idea of democracy? Like, not only is she Kamala's best friend, she's also a daughter to him, just like Kamala is. Yeah, Would you yeah. disappoint both of your daughters? Yeah. I love that he's left with just the jaw wide open and his friend is looking at him, who thought he could count on his vote, and he's holding the, the sign for vote Nakia. I just think it's really yeah, funny. I it love is the really manipulation good. of her. Great. But as well, I love at the id festival you know we have the illuminantes yeah right, but there's the mosque bros the yes. pious boys the insta clique uh-huh. you know all these different groupings of people yeah it is and that, you know that kind of just connects to what nakia is talking about there's all these different groupings of people both within the the Muslim world, mm-hmm. but in wider society, where she's ultimately said, "I'm just going to be who I am and exactly. wear this," and you know, and she even says she hoped that she would annoy certain people by doing that because mm-hmm. I guess she's just sick of having to explain herself or feeling sort of unsure. Because they think she's being too Muslim or too white, exactly. whatever it might be. The other thing on Nakia as well, she has her runners stolen from the shoe thief of of the mosque, mm-hmm. uh, which seems to be the the boy who was taking the photo, the the pink runners that I. I'm going to have to give a shout out to Prathenia Lockler, one of our wonderful fellow defenders, who seems to have noticed this, um, that the boy that uh, that Kamala goes to save is wearing. A pair of the same trainers that um, that Nakia uh, described as being stolen. They're they're in pink as well, so it seems to have stood out to uh, to Parthenia. So uh, yeah, so maybe he's the shoe thief. Now it would seem weird that 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 wouldn't be resolved in a later episode. So I presume that's going to come back uh, yeah. in the future. But uh, a good catch there by Parthenia that uh, that potentially this yeah, kid absolutely kind of deserved the broken ankle. Let's say I presume he's not going to be uh, stealing too many more shoes if he has a broken ankle now. <laughs> I must say the the whole saving of the kid mm. by Kamala I really liked you know where she's treating it like a suicide and he's yes. just kind of like what I'm like I'm fo- I fell I'm falling yeah. I'm not trying to kill myself <laughs> you know let's take your mind off it what's your favorite food you mm. know it's ice cream on pizza and there's some of the people watching you know did I eat ice cream and pizza? So I'm half expecting that this is going to be something that will show up again, someone trying out ice cream and pizza. Um, but I, I love that Kamala is treating it like a suicide jump, mm. and he's like, what? Yeah. I was like, okay, we'll go with it. Yes, it's ice cream and pizza. So I thought that was really good. Yeah, yeah, really good. And, and interesting that she did technically save him, but almost... Almost lost him. Like, he was quite far from the ground. Well, from when, the vision. When the vision came in, yeah, exactly. When distracted the, uh, her. She yeah. kind of blanks out. And luckily, sense. she was able to yeah. slow his fall enough that it only ended off with a broken ankle or a sprained ankle uh, when he landed. So um, I, I enjoyed that, though. I enjoyed that, that she does get to use her powers and show off. I love that the crowd are shedding out Nightlight, um, which is the name <laughs> that Zoe's given her uh, when, when confronted with it. Um, she'll have to get rid of that Captain Marvel cosplay costume that she has. She'll have to get her own Miss Marvel outfit in the series I'm because guessing. 
you can't really have two heroes wearing exactly the same outfit. No. She's she's gonna have to get her own uh, her own costume as the same. But I love that. Yeah, Zoe as well, and you hear it at at the crowd when she's saving the kid. Mm. Call is calling her Nightlight, and um, but we have Nakia saying budget Captain Marvel. Yes. I love her. She says, thank Ooh, you. Thank you. <laughs> <around>. like, what? <laughs> and it's just really good. Yeah. Uh, love that. I also love that Zoe's kind of getting into trouble for trying yeah. to use her connection with Ms. Marvel to get herself more followers on Instagram because she has got more followers on Instagram. She got all of the Department of Damage Control who are trying to find Ms. Marvel, have found her and bring her in for questioning. This is how they get their connection to uh, Ms. Marvel, track her down effectively. And um, they bring her in, interrogate her, and they start interrogating her in a, in a really odd way where they start with, was it your sister? Oh, was it someone from a different background? Is it someone maybe Middle Eastern? Oh, is it someone from South Asia maybe? Which perks the ears up on Zoe. And they do have a conversation in front of her that I'm not sure. I, it feels like a conversation they should have been having in another room where they're saying, right, we're going to go and uh, and look in all the all the uh, the local churches, the local community places the mosques and remember the fbi already have those under surveillance and it feels like a weird conversation to have in front of zoe feels like if that was a real conversation if they were really pointing out that the fbi have mosques under surveillance that they'd have that in a different room so i feel like it was there to give zoe some information that damage control want her to know something like that or maybe there's something else about the damage control people Maybe they're scrolls. Maybe there's well, maybe there's it. something else about them. They seem slightly shady. Hmm. And I don't know whether they should be feeling that shady. Yes, exactly. So there is something up. There's something not right with these two members of uh, Damage Control. Yes, I agree. I agree. So it could be scroll. We're going to start looking for scrolls everywhere because Secret Invasion yeah. starring Nick Fury is coming really, really soon. So... They're going to start setting, uh, they're going to have to start setting this up somewhere in the world. Uh, maybe this is it. Do you know why else I'm excited to, to mention Nick Fury again, John? Did you hear Samuel L. Jackson this week? He was asked, um, he hasn't won an Oscar yet. And he was asked, does he want to win one over the rest of his career? And he said, I'd rather just keep playing Nick Fury than, than winning an Oscar. Excellent. Stuff. There you go, my man. There we go. <laughs> My man, Nick Brilliant Fury. stuff. Love it. Uh, anything else about the episode you want to talk about outside of our marvelous moments, John? Uh, no, I think that is everything i i have here excellent i just wanted to mention two uh quick things that i liked in this episode we mentioned last episode about the cool way that they use text messages um appearing on yeah. the road and around them i liked in this episode it was on her bedspread when she was talking yes. uh, to cameron it kind of came up in stitching on her bedspread the, the uh, messages back and forth between the two of them and also when she had thought she'd save the kid you see these cool Instagram posts or social media posts that are going up of the things that are that she thinks is happening yeah. uh, in the world. If she saves this kid, she'll suddenly become this uh, this social media uh, influencer almost. She'll get loads of followers and everybody will know her name kind of thing. And then it all falls apart directly afterwards. I love these touches in here because in the last episode, those came from Adil Alarbi and Bilal Falah, the directors of that first episode. That's what, That was their choice to start off the show that way. But it's giving an opportunity for the director of this episode, Mira Menon, to put her own stamp on it. Slightly different from what we saw. It's not just the daydreams of Kamala that we're seeing. Yeah. It's other things that are going on, other other uh, ways of expressing it, it this episode. It's like where we get Kamala and Cameron sort of being drawn and then it ends mm-hmm. up on her 
as a drawing on a notebook really good you know all the stuff with the fire and the plus 100 around cameron as he's coming out of the the pool Mm -hmm. after his belly flop yeah and you know all just all these little touches that just add i mean it it reminds me of heartstopper Mm -hmm. you know i guess this this idea of using these additional things um uh, to express something going exactly. on within the frame, yeah, um, and what, and, what it, inf- and it's just being used again to good effect here. Absolutely, and one influence we didn't mention last episode, and I just want to mention it here because we didn't call it out. Um, it is definitely influenced by um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, yeah. the Edgar Wright movie, uh, the movie version, not just the the uh, the comic book. Um, it's it's definitely influenced by that, and the reason it's a hundred percent influenced by that and I didn't mention it last week, is because that's the movie that Kamala is watching on TV is Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. She's watching it in the first episode. So so there is a direct connection there uh, as to, uh, to to kind of say thanks to Scott Pilgrim vs. the World for, yeah, and Edgar uh, for that influence. And Edgar Wright, of course. You should have done Ant-Man. Yeah, and that's obviously why she's also a fan of Ant-Man as well. So uh, excellent. That's it. That's it for notes uh, and, and the episode itself. Overall, John, do you defend Miss Marvel episode two crushed? I really do. Uh, I'd give it four and half illuminantes out of five um, I, I just think this is it's just really easy to watch mm-hmm. and it's just nicely subtly very lightly sort of rammed with stuff yeah it's not heavy it's not forced it's yeah. just it's about teenagers and not having that burden or that weight on them yeah They're adults get you know and Mm -hmm. that you know they're still living at home with with their parents they're still uh you know you you can sense bruno has more of that because he's on his own but but he also understands how welcoming kamala's family is so Mm -hmm. it's it's just that lovely lightness of touch absolutely you know and um, I do feel I'm learning. Which I think's really good. Yeah, and I do feel I'm learning loads about a community I don't know much about um, yeah. as well. I think they're doing a, they're doing a really uh, deft job of being yeah. able to put this into the story. Yeah, I, I also defend this episode. Really enjoyed it. Looking forward to it every week now. I said before that this is a great um, opposite show to be covering. Uh, than the boys because the boys is getting more stressful every week with more and more blood <laughs> and more and more carnage going on and then we tune in on wednesdays to miss marvel to get some fun enjoyable exactly. marvel shows so. i mean even the contrast to moon knight yes and, you know yeah absolutely very kind of you know yes had comedy and fun in it with Stephen grant but mm-hmm. as i say i think it's just the, the overarching feel of lightness yeah. even though there's some you know, I, I guess with the reveal at the end of, of Cameron and his mum yes. being the person from the visions, you know, m- get a bit more serious for it. But I guess we might be getting an antagonist um, in the show now. I, I just yeah. like the, the sort of delving into that teenage world. Yes, you know? yes, absolutely. Excellent stuff. John, while you're away, I had to rename the uh, the pub quiz um, for the show because, uh, as we see in this episode, Kamala doesn't drink. She's uh, she's only 16. That is true. So we've moved to a slushy bar Excellent. quiz. Okay. Tons of them in Orlando. Oh, was there? Yeah, Excellent. loads of slushy. Uh, but there, there were alcoholic slushies as well. Oh, always Lovely. good. Always good. And then 30 degrees temperatures, I can understand. E- yes, 40 degree definitely. temperatures yes. or 100 million degrees temperatures, like sometimes fields in, yes. uh, in Orlando. Roasted. I'm sure you needed them. Uh, we need to give the second question for our slushy bar pub quiz. John, what's the question for this week? 
Yes, question two. When Kamala is speaking with her nani on the phone, why must her grandmother suddenly leave and hang up from the conversation? Very interesting one. Ooh, interesting. I think I think you might have to go back and watch that uh, watch that scene to find out that answer. John, going to get the question one more time. When Kamala is speaking with her nanny, why does her grandmother have to suddenly leave the conversation? Mm, very good. Very good. That's the second question of six that we'll be giving out for the Miss Marvel slushy pub quiz question. No, slushy bar quiz question. That's it. Uh, all you need to do is gather together all the answers for those six questions. Email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com with each of the correct answers. Yes. And you could be in with the chance of getting your hands on some Ms. Marvel goodies. Indeed. Excellent. This episode of TV Podcast Industries is brought to you by our supporters over on Patreon, including Oren Dix. Thank you so much, Oren, for your support. Yeah, thanks so much, Oren. You can support us monthly for any amount over on patreon.com slash Industries. Or if you'd like to support us with a one-off donation, you can pop on over to buymeacoffee.com slash TVPI uh, to buy us a coffee over there. Uh, thank you so much to everybody who's been supporting us. Yes, really, really great. And thank you so much for all your support is really good remember you can also support us by subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with your family and friends mm-hmm. because remember sharing the podcast is of course sharing the love absolutely speaking of our wonderful fellow defenders let's get over some feedback about the first uh, couple of episodes yes uh, we got an email in from coffee and vodka who says greetings fellow completely charmed defenders is Miss Marvel so incredibly sweet, innocent, and generally upbeat because of its very well-coordinated writing, directing, animated aspects, and wonderful acting by Iman Vellani in the title role? Or does it just seem that way by comparison after watching The Boys? Mm. Even Cameron, whose motivations seem suspect from the word go, felt like a contributor to the cotton candiness, just like the rest of the sporting cast. The MVP of this episode for me was Yasmin Fletcher as Nakia, Mm -hmm. the victim of public perception from two separate worlds. It seemed very from the heart. I honestly never thought I'd like this show as much as I do, but here we are. Five family secrets out of five. Peace and take care. Coffee and vodka. Thank you so much, Coffee and Vodka. Mm -hmm. It must certainly be the contrast and comparison Mm. with the boys, for sure. I think even ultimately moon night uh, to some extent mm-hmm. um and uh, but i think yeah the combination of everything uh, is making this just really really upbeat uh, yeah. but i think interspersed within all of it you know they're talking about the british partition of india which yeah. was a disaster yep. it was a disaster for people that lived there they, you know they and the following war uh, that was yeah, caused by the it, civil war yeah, yeah. exactly there's you know the like Nakia here Mm -hmm. and just that perception from different communities you're to this you're to that you're to the other and and that you know that idea of difference so interspersed within this quite light this lightness of touch Mm -hmm. they're they're dealing with some really heavy stuff but it's just done in a light way exactly and and it's even like with Kamala's mom Maniba and just her relationship with her husband and with Kamala is is both, you know, slightly severe, but also loving and tender yeah. and respectful uh, b- between both of them. Absolutely. And, and yet she's also there really putting her foot down about this family secret yeah. as well. And, it, you know, the, there's a, an undercurrent of darkness there that she doesn't want her 
you know, young daughter from from knowing about. It's something Absolutely. that is has been hidden. So. But there's even just that touch of of um, Mr. Khan saying, you know, we came to America so that our children could do whatever they wanted to, and her going, well, almost yeah, whatever exactly, they wanted to. Exactly. There, there's just that underlying piece where she is the one that wants to be in control of her family's destiny, whatever that will mean in the future when we hear about what their past was like, what the history of the family was. You know, everybody knows most mothers are like this, really, the people that want to make sure their kids do the best. But I love that she has a little qualifying piece to her where it's always the best, but within limits. Yeah, um, absolutely. Kind of, kind of her piece. So I kind of think it's a little bit of column A, column B, yeah, ultimately. Exactly. Uh, for exactly. sure. And you're totally right. Yasmin Fletcher as Nakia is fantastic yeah. in this episode. Really, really like that introduction. I like that they kind of kept it to Bruno in the first episode, Nakia in this episode, so that we can get the reasons why... Kamala would be friends with both of them um, because we we now know them both better by having them separated and having a story with each of them, I think. Yeah, excellent stuff. Thanks so much, Coffee and Vodka. Thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Uh, we also got an email in from Chris Ryan who said, fun episode in Miss Marvel episode one. With respect, though, uh, the episode takes place in Jersey City, New Jersey, not New York. And comics do exist. Her homemade Captain America comic is hilariously priced at $10. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Yeah, I don't know why, uh, but for some reason... Um, I had mentioned at the beginning of the episode that it takes place in Jersey City. It takes place in New Jersey. And for some reason, I suddenly went into saying New York a couple of times. I think because they were going off to Avengers Con. And when we've been at uh, big Comic Cons, it's been at the Javits Center in New York. So for some reason, I was thinking, oh, that's where they've gone. They've gone to New York City. But it's New York State, New Jersey is a city and New York City is, are both in there. And I guess out of town as as we would be, yeah, we don't fire. get the nuances in the same way. It's yeah. kind of a bit like people that would go to, you know, whatever city yeah. where there's an intense rivalry, um, you know, or, or a strong kind of identity yeah. compared to another part of it, whether that's like in Manchester or, uh, versus Liverpool mm-hmm. or London or, or even Dublin. Pe- or even like, people that think that we're podcasters from the UK rather than from Ireland. Yeah, you know, exactly. That kind of so, exactly. So, uh, so my apologies. Uh, that was totally unintentional. I did write it dead in my notes that it was New Jersey, not New York. But for some reason, it uh, it, it came out uh, in our conversation uh, last week. Great to hear from you, though, Chris. Uh, thanks yeah. so much for getting in contact. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Uh, John Daniel sent in an email as well. He said, hi, all. I just wanted to pop in with a short note to 100% defend this new series it wasn't on my radar at all so it's a real pleasant surprise i'm a 52 year old white dude who is genuinely thrilled that marvel is demonstrating real representation with this series and moon knight as well i couldn't wait to share it with my wife which is more than i could say for the first episode of the new season of the boys <laughs> i thought the direction was clever and the on-screen animation was so fun especially some of the text conversations being conveyed in neon signs and crosswalks anyway i'm a huge fan of your coverage on tv podcast industries of so many of my favorite movies and shows keep defending john from chicago thanks so much john yeah thank you so much uh john that's really uh, kind of you to say i i think you're right i think the all that on-screen animation is done really really well yeah and, i mean even just the the end credits i, I was mentioning about uh bruno bit with the atom rings around him mm. you know science and tech but um i i love that nakia as well on the end credits mm-hmm. is like change is here mm-hmm. but it's also change is her but they, they have good. the e a different color so yeah. you can read it both ways very and good it was really good like yeah. you know it was really kind of little nods and you know a bit of 
the 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 depth that 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 brings i guess yeah, yeah. exactly exactly great to hear from you john i i know the difference between watching something like miss marvel and going you should watch this and then watching something like uh the boys and if someone walks into the room you want to pause it and change the channel in case they uh they think you're watching some uh some crazy show so uh totally understand yeah exactly exactly <laughs> thanks so much again john uh we also got an email in from jerry Jerry says, hey guys, this episode was great character building. We are two episodes in and we don't have a villain of some sort. Mm. Still liking the whole Scott Pilgrim look of the show. Mm -hmm. I know the show is a setup for the Marvel's movie. I also know this show is geared for a younger audience, but I will continue to watch to see where it goes. Mm -hmm. It's polar opposite to the show The Boys. (laughs) This is Lemonade and The Boys is Guinness with a shot of Jameson. Jerry in Niceville. Yes, I think also with The Boys you could probably say followed by Jagerbot by sort of three litres worth of cheapest cider mm. um, followed by another Guinness and Jameson shot. God, it's, it's been a long time since I had a Guinness with a Jameson chaser. Um, That's a, no, um, do that is a tough old drink uh, to be drinking. Uh, yes, and definitely, <laughs> yes, Miss Marvel is much more like lemonade. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Thanks, Jerry. Thank I do you, think Jerry. we may have a little touch of a, of a possible antagonist, let's say, at the end of this episode. But you're right, no big um, battle to fight yes yeah well at the moment it's the you know the department for damage control maybe i'm guess. Yeah. i mean that yeah. they're the ones that seem most kind of suspect really yeah i, I guess. just think that conversation they had in front of zoe this yeah. week seemed odd and i wonder if they're the people that are looking for superheroes to bring into the young avengers or something are they is is it less that they want to capture uh, Kamala, then, then they want to Maybe, bring her yeah. into a new supergroup um, kind of thing. Supergroup seems like a weird name for that, but you, you get me. You get me. <laughs> uh, over on Facebook, Heather Wallace had some thoughts about episode one. She said this was so charming and felt so authentic. I love the visuals from the Daydreams and the In Universe podcasting, and I enjoyed the friendship between Kamala and Bruno. I want to find out why a teenage boy seems to live on his own. I laughed at Kamala's mother appearing with cart- cartons of food for Bruno and saying it's her superpower. Hmm, considering how she tried to hide the bracelet, which she obviously recognised, maybe she does have superpowers. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was my theory. She, she'd uh, when Kamala had arrived home from being out at AvengerCon, uh, her mother was waiting in the room, and um, she's about to say something, and Kamala says, "Oh, you're just going to tell me another story about Nani," and she goes, "Oh, you knew what I was going to say," and I was wondering whether she was actually going to tell her a story about herself and the dreams she had when she was younger or maybe okay. the superpowers she had. So it's entirely possible that uh, her own mother had some experience of this herself, not just the stories of her grandmother and great-grandmother. Yeah, I might need to watch episode one again. I mean, I loved it, mm-hmm. but I think it swept over me because I was still jet-lagged. Maybe, maybe. But you did enjoy it. Oh, no, I did. Yeah, I did. Laughed. really did. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks so much, Heather. Mm-hmm. Also, Brandy Anderson says... I love Kingo and Kingo Senior name drops. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed how seamlessly they have woven in the high school and the heritage aspects of Kamala's life. I know there have been some blowback on changes they made to the character's powers, origin, and abilities. In the comics, Kamala is an inhuman, but Mm -hmm. the MCU looked like they were going to go with an artifact actually being the source of her powers. 
But interestingly, in this episode, Bruno says the power is not coming from the bangle, mm-hmm. but from within her. I don't know much about Inhumans, just what was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but does that mean the bangle could work like the Terrigen Crystal? I think so. Would it be able to activate other Inhumans? Mm-hmm. Or is it still tied solely to Kamala's ancestral line? Or could it be something else I haven't thought of yet? I thought something was up with Cameron. I just... I'm not sure if his mother is the big bad of this season since we have the Department of Damage Control and its agents that give me director Hayward vibes, especially since this is the second time we've seen them threatening minors. Mm. Yeah, which also doesn't seem like, you know, an official depart federal department. Yeah. And so yeah, right. there's something a little sketchy, uh, for, of these, t- from these two agents, even though we yeah. have seen one of them before, and yes. from Spider-Man. Yes, who also um, threatened Peter Parker. That is true. All of his friends. He's certainly very manipulative, as, as we saw back in, uh, back in uh, the Spider-Man movie as well. Uh, director Haywood, if you remember, was the director of um, uh, who was investigating uh, Wanda in WandaVision. Yes. So, in, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, is something up with Cameron? It must be the British accent. It must be. It must be. <laughs> thanks so much for that brandy yeah thank you brandy Uh, dr bob phillips says i loved the way this lent all the way into the muslim part of the first marvel muslim superhero from the rubbish women's mosque and the hijab being part of nakia to the celebration of eid al-dua and the insta clique never expected a naughty internet joke the whole thing is so much more real than i expected a teen soup big books show to be well done marvel (laughs) <laughs> absolutely yeah, totally thank you uh dr bob mm-hmm. uh yeah it is it's such a great little show it is yeah great big show in yes. fact yes. yeah uh thanks uh, again dr bob uh salim akisla says i have to admit i was skeptical coming into this show though my faith has long since lapsed i was raised on islam and i'm a first generation american mm. i've seen other superhero shows introduce muslim characters to great fanfare only to say hey look how muslim these characters are all while picking and choosing which tenets of islam they want to highlight and which ones they want to ignore mm-hmm. this show so far especially by putting the family center stage really does it well as irene pointed out on episode one podcast they don't make a big deal out of it they just show that this is how the family is mm-hmm. my wife was a bit critical of the overprotective parents trope but it looked true to life to me this episode my eyes welled up a bit when they the dad said they brought their family to america so their kids could be whatever they want on a lighter note nightlight sounds like a soup name from the boys (laughs) and also i'm kind of like that that power is it just it would attract mosquitoes oh yes do you know what i mean it's like the nightlights (laughs) that attract flies moths and mosquitoes um yeah I was obviously in Orlando. In Orlando, yes. Long. That's how um, was it was. I had a gecko in my uh, hotel room as well. Oh, very cool. Yes. Uh, I managed to get it out, though, because it would have died because of the air conditioning. Yes. Like, these these creatures need to thermoregulate, and it was about minus five with the air <laughs> on. Um, so, yeah. Um, I, I saved a gecko whilst I was on. Well done, John. Well done. You're a true superhero. I am. <laughs> Lizard <laughs> man. Absolutely. And thanks so much for your thoughts, Salim. As I say, I'm learning loads about the Muslim community from what they're putting on screen here. Um, and I like how they're doing it. I like how, how it is focused on this this family, their experience. I love that we got the representation of young kids who are bored at, at the service uh, in the mosque, you know, taking photographs themselves on Instagram. I love that we get all of these because 
no religion is one thing. Exactly. And it's it's so often the case when you bring religion into a show that you go, exactly as you said, Salim, oh, this is exactly how everybody has to react because we're taking this exact representation to say these are definitely this type of person. But everybody here is different, and I like that they're doing a great job of showing how the entire community is. Yeah. Uh, really good. I think so. And, I mean, you know, you only have to think of your own family, don't you? Mm-hmm. Families must be a writer's dream because they offer so much material i mean we say it's tropes but it's just because we recognize it so often and whatever family unit that you have it it, it's it's the people whether it's it's friends companions family Mm -hmm. you know relatives that are close but it does generate so many stories that I guess for writers writing on TV, it, it makes sense to put that as as the heart and the center of which everything else revolves yeah. because um, it can create so much fun, so much drama, so much tragedy. Absolutely. Um, and uh, it, it's really good, yeah. I think. And you, and you can certainly show that, see that one of the co-creators is one of the executive producers for this show and is involved in the writing of this show yeah. because this is how the comic book goes as well. It is a lot about uh, Kamala and her family. It's not just about her being a young superhero, which is the trap that a lot of uh, comic book fall into. Uh, this is about her family reaction. This is about the family and friends that are around her. Um, so I'm, I'm really glad they kept that for the show as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks the- so much, Celine. Absolutely. Also got a piece of feedback in from Michael Booth, who says, Episode 1 was good. This one was great. I enjoyed every minute of this one. It all felt seamlessly woven together. The teen angst, the superhero training, the cultural setting, the family drama was all pulled together so well. The only thing missing was all the background animations. They were far more subtle this episode. Yeah, I think I was I was, uh, I was saying that earlier on as well, that the difference between the two directors, I think, may have had a yeah. hand in them feeling a bit more subtle this episode. Yeah. Um, there was a great interview with the two directors of the first episode who had proposed this to Kevin Feige, that they wanted to do all the stuff from Scott Pilgrim, that type of thing uh, in the background. And he just said, you can do what you want. It's your show. Just don't have it in every single scene. <laughs> that, was, that was Kevin Feige's only direction. Just don't put it everywhere so people get tired of it. Do what you want. It's your show. But, uh, and I think I like. that's maybe where the subtle side of things. I mean, yeah. like the ones on the bed sheets, you could hardly tell yeah. what were happening. Yeah. Um, you know, where others, depending on the moment, are you know the bright neon mm. uh, kind of lights. Yeah. So yeah, good stuff. Thanks, Possibly Michael. Everyone. Thanks, Michael, and thanks, everybody, for sending in your feedback about this episode of Miss Marvel. Uh, You can continue to email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com with your thoughts about any of the shows that we're covering, or you can contact us on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. Join us on there. There's spoiler posts up for every episode of every show that we're covering. Yes, and of course, we're also over on Twitter at at tvpodindustries. Yes. And... So we will be back. Uh, this is just the beginning of the Miss Marvel podcast. Well, I guess the second beginning of uh, Miss Marvel podcast on TV podcast industries. We will be back next week with episode three. And of course, we are also covering The Boys season three mm-hmm. over on our main feed as well, where it is a slightly different change of pace it's and obvious. focus uh, compared to Miss Marvel. Yes. But sure, the more diversity, the merrier uh, it is, I guess. Absolutely. From, 
from chalk to cheese, yeah. from liquid to solid, from land to sea, you name it. That's <laughs> from Miss Marvel go. to the boys. Yes, yes absolutely. Exactly. Uh, we will also be kicking off our coverage of Umbrella Academy in the next couple of weeks. I know, it, I think it's actually coming to uh, Netflix in the next week or two. Um, we're probably not going to be able to cover it straight as it comes out, uh, but we will be covering it in between uh, this show and the next Marvel show in uh, in August, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, She-Hulk, I think, is towards it the end of July. It certainly so, is. Yeah. Thanks for staying with us. And thanks for joining us once again for our Miss Marvel podcast. Yes. Thank you so much, fellow Defenders, for joining us. It is great chit-chatting, great to be back, and great catching up with you. <laughs> Remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep marveling. Bye. Bye.